Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Nehemiah has surveyed the situation and is aware of the damage and the opposition from surrounding people. His next job is to engage and inspire the leaders. So, Terry, how about if you read some scripture for us? Okay, I'll be reading from Nehemiah 2, verses 17 through 20 in the NIV. Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins, and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and we will no longer be in disgrace. I also told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. They replied, Let us start rebuilding. So they began this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite, Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked and ridiculed us. What is this you're doing? They asked. Are you rebelling against the king? I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. We, his servants, will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. Great. So now here's Nehemiah and he the what's the first thing he tells the people and why would he tell them that? Well, he says, look at the trouble we're in. Mm-hmm. We're a mess. They have to know. I mean, mm-hmm. they have to know. Here's the thing that strikes me about this is he see, he says yes or not he says yes. He does say yes to God, but is he says we. We mm-hmm. me right. too. We. Yep. We, we, and us, and he mm-hmm. is part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just coming in. He's the newbie. That's right. But he's like, I'm in this. Yeah. And we're in this together. That's a good point. He really yeah. connected that mm-hmm. right yeah. away. And right he had away. A, he in the previous one, he had assessed the situation, so he knew what the wall looked. Mm-hmm. He knew what they knew, and that can build trust. He wasn't yes. someone coming in from the outside saying, "Well, I think it's going to be like this." He had actually spent that time to go around the wall and see the level of destruction. Yeah. And he's pretty specific about the the destruction and the the shape that they're in cuz he says we're we're in ruin. Jerusalem is in ruin. Yeah. And we're in disgrace. It's mm-hmm. disgraceful for us to be in ruin. Mm-hmm. Like Terry mentioned last last episode that to be a city without a wall meant that you were a city of nothing yep. yeah. because you didn't have anything of value. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. In disgrace. And this was, I mean, does somebody want to give us a little bit of context um, about the history of Jerusalem and why this is such a big deal? How about if you do that, Suzanne? Because we don't know what you're going <laughs> to yeah. say. We, we all have blank looks in our eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about Babylon when Babylon came in and destroyed it? Uh, um, well, Jerusalem as a, as a city... God set Jerusalem apart. Mm-hmm. It was his city. Mm-hmm. It was his city. Yeah. And so it's a big deal that the city of God mm-hmm. is without a wall. It's mm-hmm. his dwelling yeah. place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, his yeah. temple was in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the big things that have happened in Jerusalem in the past? You mean before Nehemiah got here? Before Nehemiah got here, even before it was destroyed and they were taken captive. Like, what are some historically significant things? 
in Jerusalem. This is where David was. Mm-hmm. This is where um, King David was. Uh, Solomon built the temple. Solomon is King David's son. And was considered the wisest man the richest. ever to have lived, That's right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is where the Ark of the Covenant lived. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, which is huge because that was the Ark of the Covenant was the living example of God to mm-hmm. the people who carried it. I mean, mm-hmm. they when when they carried the Ark of the Covenant, they were carrying God with them. the presence. Yeah, yeah, the presence of God. Well, so it was the first permanent dwelling place because up until the time that they built the temple in Jerusalem, they had a tent. Right, yeah. they were a nomadic. They were people. A nomadic people, and so this was finally the establishment of a home for the Jewish people and a home for the presence of God so that he could dwell amongst his people. And this was all before Jesus, mm-hmm. y- yep. years and years and years and years and years and years and more years yeah. before Jesus. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Jesus was the Son of God, and he was the living God among us. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus was crucified, Jesus died, Jesus rose again. And then he ascended to heaven to sit with God. And when he did that, he sent the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Holy Spirit, when we become believers and profess that Jesus is our Lord and the only way to salvation, then the Holy Spirit comes down and the Holy Spirit indwells us. And this is not like a possession. No voodoo. Going no voodoo. On. Our heads are not spinning in circles, you know, but it's just this, it's the presence of God. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, within us, because we're the temple of God. Because, because now we are, we the, are temple the temple of God. God. That's but right. Jesus, this was way before all of this. Right. Well, it was a foreshadowing. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, God showed the people what it was going to mean to have His presence dwell with them. Um, because at that point in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit wasn't given. People didn't... Um, the, the Holy Spirit didn't indwell people. Occasionally, He rested upon prophets or... Um, leaders for a specific for a specific pur- purpose and for, for a specific, specific time. time, right? Um, but he didn't actually indwell people. But the whole idea of a temple and a dwelling place for God is just a foreshadow of what God God's intention always has mm-hmm. been to live with His people, to be in us, and so Jesus was the fulfillment of all that. So this was the time before Jesus, and this was God's home. Mm-hmm. This was the place where God lived, and there was no wall mm-hmm. to surround, to protect, to identify that this was a big, this was a fancy, not necessarily fancy, but this was a significant place. Mm-hmm. And so for there to not be a wall was disgraceful as a city, but as a people, people too, yes. because these were God's chosen people. Yeah. And so for them to live in a place of disarray like that, mm-hmm. when this was supposed to be God's place um, was disgraceful. So we talked about how the wall was torn down during the Babylonian invasion about 70 years ago. Right, and that is, it's an embarrassment for them. As a, like I said, as a city and as as a people, because this was not just where they lived, this was their being. Their being, their identity. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's like imagining, I sh- my identity is I'm a person of God, but I'm not living that out, and people can see that, right? So the people in Jerusalem, they know that they're the people of God, but it doesn't show in their city. So there's this um, 
A disconnect. Disconnect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definite disconnect between the people and this unease. And this, you were talking about the last time, this inability to rest. Yeah. Why not attack mm-hmm. the city? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why not take away mm-hmm. things? And yet I think, I'm assuming that God protected his temple that way. We're not, we don't really get too much information about what's going on at the temple in here, do mm-hmm. we? No, not really. Not it's not, no. not, not the in focus here. of this. Maybe a little bit more back in Ezra back a little bit. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, it could have been attacked, too, except it like, still was standing. I don't think um, they didn't have any of the temple... Um, what? Gold and no, silver well, that had been taken. All, all the, the stuff that, that was supposed yeah. to be there for the worship, for the priests to... Uh, that had all been taken away a little bit at the first and a little mm-hmm. bit at the, at the first... Um, Invasion and uh, yeah. exile, and the second bit they took some more of it, right. and then at the last one uh, with Ezra there, they took all the rest of the stuff from the temple. They didn't even have their um, tools, their bowls, their incense burners. They had nothing to even start their formal worship with. Ooh. That was gone. Right, and we've talked about, um, you know, the. Israelites, um, no, sorry, let me start over again. We've talked about how they've come back in waves. The exiles have come Mm -hmm. back in waves, Mm -hmm. right? So this is like our third wave um, of returning. But the first wave rebuilt a little bit of the temple. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I remember correctly, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, they didn't do a great job of it, and they didn't maintain it well. So it certainly was not what it was in its glory days. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That was a disappointment to the people. Mm-hmm. The older people, because they knew what it had been. They knew what was there before, and they'd seen that glory, and this time it just didn't quite have it. Right. It's kind of like a second episode of a movie. <laughs> 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 like, if they ever do make Sharknado 2, it'll never be as good as the first same. one. <laughs> I, aren't there like 17 Sharknado I movies? Really? There are a bunch now. Hard I think there are. I haven't seen one. <laughs> we'll have to have a movie night, ladies. I have shark issues, oh. so I don't watch shark, Ooh, movies, shark movies, but I'm pretty sure there are Now, see, Suzanne... You're in Michigan. There's no salt. There are no sharks. That's right. No worries. That's you are right. safe That's now. Safe. That's your daily plug for Michigan, folks. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Terry, for that. Yes. Okay, so back to Nehemiah and um, kind of where he is and what he's working on with the people. So he goes and he says, you know, this is, we're, we're disgraced. We are in a heap of trouble it's it's a mess here. Mm. I mean, I think in modern day language, it's like we're a hot mess and we need a lot of help. Yeah. Yeah. And not just the building; it's the people too. It's the people. That's too. the piece. And so yeah. he needs to inspire the people, inspire the leaders, and they're hopeless. Mm-hmm. It, you know, they're in a place of rubble. Yeah. I love that he just again points out it's the gracious hand of God upon mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and then their re- their reply. Let us start rebuilding. Let's get at it. Right. What a testimony to his leadership Mm -hmm. and the gracious hand Hand of of God God. for these people to just go, okay. Okay. Because they've been living there their whole lives and they've done nothing. And they knew they hadn't done anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he's also talking to the people that he brought with him. Yes. And so they don't have a lot of skin in the game. 
because that's right. Yeah, you know they don't have that history there. I mean, I would imagine some of the old people, but um, they don't have that history. And Nehemiah doesn't just address the spiritual end of it, though. How you know God's hand was on him. <clears throat> he also assures them it's going to be okay. But you don't have to worry about any um, kickback or repercussions. Uh, yeah, yeah, from the king because he's given me permission to. Yeah, so right. we've got the spiritual permission from God, and we've got the um, legal the permission. permission from the king. Yeah. So we're good. We're good. Yeah. And there was this quote in the homework from David Gusick. He says, Nehemiah didn't offer rewards and set him or vacations out at the Sea of Galilee for the ones who got the job done. These are all external motivations and aren't God's highest calling. He relied on the Lord and the leaders to create a new, to create a true inward motivation. External motivation, manipulation, guilt, pressure, carnal rewards can work for a while, but are never part of God's vision for getting things done. Love that yeah, quote. That is yeah, good. That's great. How often are we quick to um, bribe? Oh my goodness, as mothers, how many times have you bribed your kids? (laughs) Get in the car and you can have some goldfish. (laughs) Right. (laughs) My thought is if you can't bribe your child by their potty training, you're using the wrong reward. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) If there's not a jar of M&Ms on the back of your (laughs) toilet. I know. Yes. Yeah, it all starts with reward. Yes. You can try to be healthy and use raisins, but that really oh, won't no. fly. <laughs> but that's the thing: external rewards go away. They yeah. do. They do. Yeah, you that's have right. to build that internal motivation mm-hmm. to make something happen. Right. I mean, it's great to start um, and to help create the habit, but unless you're willing to really put the work in and yeah, and own it, mm-hmm. right? That's important. The ownership. Mm-hmm. I think that's a piece of what needed to happen with the Israelites that were there. They needed to own this is the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get this job done. We they can needed do to own that job. We can be a part of doing something about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let us let's get busy. Get busy and get it done. Let us rebuild. Yeah. So it's interesting in psychology, they have something called self efficacy. Mm-hmm. And it's like people don't do things unless they believe they can do it. Oh, I think that's, yeah, a I think piece that's true. Of this. Yeah. Building that up and helping him see, no, you can do you this. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, God's behind you. The king's behind you. You can do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's only going to be a 40-foot wall. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's eight feet Don't thing. worry about that. Yeah. It's okay, you guys, fine. get your work gloves on, because we're going to be lifting all this other rubble out of here first. Right. Ladies, don't worry about your nails. Right. right. <laughs> I went to the dollar store and picked up some work gloves. Everybody fine. <laughs> I mean, that's just the fact that the, the people were behind him. Mm-hmm. And the Bible calls it, they began the good work. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they even, I mean, they recognize... It's quite a miracle in and of itself to think of how God must have been working in all of those hearts at the same time to get that consensus. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's get started. Right. Keep in mind the job. Yeah. My response is, what? (laughs) (laughs) Just get this clear. I'm not a detail person. I'm a big picture person. And like, that would have been enough to throw me off a little bit. Yeah, I might have been tempted to say, how about I provide lemonade every day? Yes. <laughs> right. I'll go with you. Yes. I'll cook. <laughs> we'll make sliders for everybody. <laughs> That's right. I'll be the snack shop girl. 
It is tough, though. When we bought this house, we did a major remodel. So my mom and dad came to Michigan, and we lived for three months at the Residence Inn down in Southfield, and we would drive every day over to the house. And I can remember the first day that we all walked in. It was like, okay, so where do Mm -hmm. we start? Thank God my dad was a builder, so... He said, okay, Angie, you do this. Dan, you do that. Kids, here's some sledgehammers, some Mm. hammers. Go knock that wall down. Um, But he made us all believe that together we were going to demolish this house and rebuild it new. Wow. And by golly, we did. My kids thought it was fun. Um, So, yeah, you get the right leader, somebody who can encourage you and make you believe that you can do it. And And I I think that God think. I know that God had this... Awesome plan. Leaders, they're yes. leaders and they're good at leading. Mm-hmm. And then worker bees yeah. and the people who are servers, mm-hmm. because that's what we want to do. That's what we're good at. You give me some good, clear instructions mm-hmm. and I can get the job done. So they're, you know, Different in gifts. another book, it was like there are queens and queen makers. Mm-hmm. The queens are the leaders and the queen makers are the people who serve the queen and are behind the scenes doing what she tells us to do from her vision mm-hmm. and from what she knows God wants done. So this is what's happening right here, as a matter of fact. Yeah. We have the queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's Not see that so royal way, Rosemary. <laughs> we have Rosemary. She is the leader. Yeah. God gave her the vision, mm-hmm. and we're coming alongside um, and making it work, hopefully. And we see that throughout the Bible throughout Mm -hmm. Nehemiah, and then in our own lives as well. Mm -hmm. You know, how many times do you find that spot and it's a good fit for you? Mm -hmm. And then God brings the other people around and you all come together and all work together. And it's all for His glory. It's all for His glory. Absolutely. By the gracious hand of God. Yeah. Amen. Over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So Nehemiah is getting ready and the people are getting ready by the gracious hand of God, to start a good work and start rebuilding, right? Right. And then... And then... And then... Do, do, do. Um, That's when they run into the people who are surrounding them. They've run into them before, Mm -hmm. but then they start to speak up again. Opposition. Opposition. Yeah. That was Sanballat. Sanballat. Tobiah. Mm Mm-hmm. And we have a new one that wasn't mentioned. This is um, Geshem. Yeah. Geshem was an Arab. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the other city that on the west, but they were the Philistines on the west. So when these guys all come in and start creating that opposition, it indicates that Jerusalem is now completely surrounded. That's mm-hmm. what Sambalat... Um, Who's from, a Moab. He's a Moab, right? Mm-hmm. And then Tobiah was an Ammonite, and mm-hmm. Geshem was an Arab. Yeah. And these were all adjacent to Jerusalem. And they're anti-Jewish. Yes. Mm-hmm. Surrounding kingdoms, if you right. will. Yeah, tribes. And I don't remember the fourth one that was to the west. Uh, to um, the west are the Philistines, the Ashadites. Ashadites, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I loved about this when I was seeing it is that God didn't put himself, his holy city wasn't on the edge. He could have held those people mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. He could have done all these things, but there was no escape. And he was like, oh yeah, chaos, problems. Let me just walk and plant myself right in the middle of this. Let's see what you guys do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like God wasn't afraid. No. He just went there and he said, now watch this city grow. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that God just jumps right into the messes. 
Yeah. Yeah. He has nothing to fear. We're the ones that have all that fear. Yeah. He has nothing to fear. But he brings his people to the messes too. Yeah. And as people, we are messy, Mm -hmm. but God still shows up and sometimes I feel like he pushes us even further into the mess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's someone, I don't know what the saying is, but basically when you come to the end of yourself and you can't, you have nothing, you have nowhere to go, you come, then, you know, you turn to God God. because he is there. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes he does push us deeper into the mess or allows us to get deeper into the mess so that he can, with a strong, mighty hand, bring us out of it. And then the glory will go to him because we know we didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, he, Nehemiah knows he's not doing this. It's all about God. I think that piece when you said you, when you come to the end of yourself, I think the trick of becoming a, a maturing in Christ is knowing that that's the place you need to leave mm. to live mm-hmm. at the end of yourself. And then you're constantly turning and depending on God and turning it all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the places we're supposed to live. Right. And the, the more we turn to God, the less we have in self. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, our self, our self shrinks down. Yeah, because we are growing. And in, in I'm talking with my hands waving around here, <laughs> yeah. which yep. is not helpful for people who don't see me. Um, <laughs> you know, but the more that um, God indwells us, and the more that we rest in Him, the smaller we become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because remember when we were crucified, when Jesus Christ was crucified, mm-hmm. we were crucified with Him. With Him. Mm-hmm. So really, our life—the only time we would be bringing our flesh up, bringing up our agenda, my way of doing things. The only way that happens is when we're stepping out of letting God's life live through us. But we're crucified. We don't have to live that life. I know this gets kind of tricky and technical but and churchy, but there's, we don't have to do our stuff. We can let go. Like you were talking about earlier, God's plans are the ones that are going to hold that. And if we just keep staying in His plans, we don't have to pull ours up. Which I think mm-hmm. is why he lets us get to the end of ourselves, because he knows human nature, he created us. He knows that until we get to that place that we know that we are not in control, we're not, we, 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 our, our nature is to do it ourselves, not to lean on him and trust in him. But if we believe his word, which says that we are crucified with him, and now we walk in newness of life, that newness of life is the life of Christ. It's the life of Jesus himself. So that means we have to be beyond ourselves, right? We have to be out of ourselves. We have to be emptied out so that the Holy Spirit is living through us and walking through us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, that's a supernatural thing that has to happen, but I think that there are some very physical, natural steps along the way that get us to that place where we're willing to finally just let go and say, okay, Lord, have your way. Because ultimately, if we believe that His plans are for our best and for our good, that's what we want. You know, I want my life to be a reflection of um, the fact that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I want my life to say that. I want there to be plenty of evidence that He's living through me. Um, but as long as I'm holding on to myself and my own desires and my own wants, then He's not living through me. So I have to learn to let that go and just let Him flow through me. So how does that? What does that even look like in real life? You know, we're looking back here and they're just like, yeah, 
let's build. That's a good work, you know, and they just keep hearing it's, it's from God, it's from God, it's from God. But we live in a really chaotic and busy and messy world where we don't necessarily have the people that are surrounding us. Um, we are not part of a tribe who has the history, the the recent history of being exiled and then brought back. So we can't necessarily see terribly clearly the hand of God moving in all of these things. So what are some practical ways in everyday life that we can start to see the hand of God, and so that we can start to lean into that and let go of our our own desires, because that's hard. I I think one thing, when Angie was talking, she was saying the control. Mm -hmm. It's an illusion of control. We're not in control. Mm -hmm. And really getting that Mm -hmm. at certain levels, and then that surrender. Yeah. And then often when I'm at that place, then God will go, what if we did this? <laughs> I'm sure God talks to you like that, too. <laughs> no. no. No, usually he says, are you sure you want to right. do that? <laughs> That's right. So funny, he's like, this would be a great idea. <laughs> and it's things that, believe it or not, I know I would never even think of. Like, I know... What if you apologize to Terry? Oh. <laughs> that would not have occurred to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Terry and I are cool, but it's like, yeah, it's like, like, like what if you wouldn't apologize to somebody? Yeah. Apologize to someone. Yeah. That does not occur to me when I'm in my own plan. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and just like you said, one of what are what is one of what are some of the practical things you can do every day? And it we can follow Nehemiah's example and pray, 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 pray our mm-hmm. pray our guts out. Every time he turns around, he's praying. He's, he's praying. praying. He doesn't like, okay, now I have the plan. I'll go. I, now I have my marching orders. I'm ready to go. I know what I need to do and I'm gonna do it. And then leaves God back Bad. in Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. No. He keeps Going back to God all the time, mm-hmm. re- renewing his relationship with him and making sure he's on the right track. And at yeah. the end of himself. Yeah. And yeah. listening. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's listening. definitely listening to God. It's not just a one-way conversation. Yeah, he's listening for instructions. I mean, I think so often, um, especially as young Christians, we have a tendency to just say, okay, God, and then just talk, 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 mm-hmm. talk, talk. And we don't practice sitting and listening. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't practice that stillness. And we don't practice um, trying to figure out what that voice of God sounds like. Because it's not usually an audible voice. Right. right? It's just a knowing. It's yeah. a knowing. Mm-hmm. And it's a, yeah. it's a, a peace mm-hmm. or a stirring in your spirit. Um, well, And I think we have to know what God says about things, too. So that we can judge if those stirrings and those feelings are from Him or not. So He tells us pretty clearly in His Word, in the Bible, who He is, what He thinks, how He feels about a lot of things. Almost everything that we need to know is in there. So as we learn what His Word says about who He is and what He thinks and what He feels, it becomes easier to distinguish His voice when He does speak to us. Um, so I think prayer, staying in close communion, listening, mm-hmm. knowing what the Word says, because that's mm-hmm. His letter to us. That's His, hey, this is me. 
And that's getting in and reading it yourself. That's yes. not listening to a podcast, which you should definitely listen to. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but that is Absolutely. not listening to what other people mm-hmm. um, are telling you about these things. And please understand that it's very important to have people speaking into your life and teaching you. Um, but it's also important to own it, your own mm-hmm. self. Because God's going to reveal things to you as you're reading and as you're yeah. studying and you're hiding those words in your heart mm-hmm. is what it says in the Bible, to hide hide His word in your heart. Well, I think one of the main things that you can <clears throat> kind of count on is when you think God's leading you or you know, you're, you're listening, do you really want me to do that? Or is this the right thing to do or not the right thing? And a couple of things, <clears throat> the number one thing is, will this bring glory to God? Yes. If it doesn't... And and so bringing glory to God is different than not offending God. Mm-hmm. There's two different levels there. Um, so I think that's one measure that you can always trust. And sometimes if you have a decision to make about what you want to do and both things seem good, both things, you know, neither of them are wrong, mm-hmm. sometimes God just says, it's okay, whatever, whatever one of those you choose, yeah. we'll work with that. We're good with that, you yeah. know, and um, you don't always have to have a direct line with a direct answer, go to the corner <laughs> at 10, you know. Right. No. So anyways, but the main thing is, does it glorify God? I really like that, That's especially lovely. with Nehemiah, what he's doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This brought glory to it God. It sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for people who think that God doesn't talk to you, that's not true. He loves you. Why wouldn't he talk to you? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's we just, talk to our kids. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just getting tuned into how to hear his voice yep. and hear what he has to say. And and that's where in the program we're um with the homework is we really encourage people to do the homework first. So they have that special time with God so they can get used to hearing what his voice is. And then bring your treasures into a small group setting where there you can hear them with other people. And that's kind of what the podcast is doing. We're just bringing up our different mm-hmm. treasures from the times we've been with God. And then it's also, okay, we have a teaching. And then you can hear a teaching and see what's there even more. So it's just different mm-hmm. levels. And God will give each woman a different treasure. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the fun part. And in so many ways, it will... Re- it. God speaks to us in ways that we understand. We don't always understand. I mean, good heavens. I think a lot of times we don't understand, but I think God speaks to us in our own languages. I have a girlfriend who, I'm not a radio listener, but this particular friend, she loves Christian music on the Christian radio stations. And God speaks to her through those songs on that particular radio station all the time. She has so blessed my life. She would, you know, we'd get together and she'd say, Oh, Angie, just won't believe what God said to me this morning. Listen to this song. And she would play the song and I would be absolutely blown away. Mm-hmm. And I would never have listened to that song because I don't listen to the radio. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think God speaks to us in ways that He knows He can reach us. Right. So, whether it's sitting around in a small group like this or listening to your Christian radio, spending time sitting in your prayer chair in your kitchen, whatever it is, you just need to figure that out with God. And um, and don't judge your experience with anybody else's. Mm-hmm. Right, and he might say something to you today that's not even going to come into plan in six months. Mm-hmm. It may happen in six months, but just take it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just rest and let it be there. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't. God doesn't always have to meet us when we're being still. Sometimes when we're busy, God meets us, mm-hmm. or when we're doing things. Like I love to dig in the yard 
Probably to my husband's demise someday. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we we had a house um, one time and brand new house, didn't have any landscaping um, except for these sad little trees and um, have a little over half an acre out in the country. So nothing around it. And I was like, I don't like where that tree is. So I dug up the tree and I moved the tree. And then about six months later, I was like, oh, I still don't know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I dug up the tree again. And I, oh my okay, gosh. I mean, my poor husband, I'm like, can you just help me dig this tree? He's like, I'm not digging up trees. <laughs> and the same one over and over, over again. And, over again. <laughs> and amazingly, it survived. That but, is um, amazing. Anyway, like I love to just be out in the yard and I love to weed and I love to prune and I love to plant and I love to dig up and move. And that's where God meets me almost every single time. Because I don't know, maybe it's because nobody wants to be around me because they're afraid I'm going to make them move trees, you know, but that's like the quiet time where God always faithfully shows up is when I'm out oh, awesome. planting well, and, I, and digging. and I've had a lot cleaning house because, you know, with four kids, I spent a lot of time cleaning house through yeah. the years. But yeah, just pattern around in the kitchen or whatever, I've had some of my most precious times with him mm-hmm. in the midst of just normal, ordinary, everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always a big deal when 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 you're us, when yeah. you're with God, but um, it doesn't have to be like a, a sacred, holy. Don't disturb me. I used to get so irritated because I would do my quiet time early in the morning when my kids were real young. I'd get up at like five, and I, you know. Think, oh, oh you are quiet. super spiritual. And my kids, <laughs> listen, my kids are almost exactly two years apart, and so when they were little, mm-hmm. that was all. You know, life was going busy all the time, chasing two toddlers, and yeah. So I would get up really early in the morning, and it was like, okay, this is it. You know, God, it's you and me, and we're going to start this day, and it's yeah. going to be awesome. And then one of the kids would wake oh. up, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh yeah, you know. And then somebody finally called me out on that, and they said, you know, what a great example for you to be able to sit with your kids and have your quiet time, and and mm-hmm. have them there so they can see that. And I was like. That's not what I want. It's not quiet. <laughs> That's not right. my quiet time. Right. Yeah. And they were like, you just need to dial it back, sister. <laughs> you know, God's going to meet you where he's going to meet you. Yeah, That's and right. you're growling at the kids. What are you doing up? I'm having my quiet That's time right. with God in my Bible. I'm trying to get spiritual. <laughs> right. Can you just go back to bed, please? Oh, right. <laughs> anyway. Oh, well. That's cute. So, well, and, and that's a piece too. They talk, there's another quote down at the bottom of the page. Um, probably David Gusick again. Mm-hmm. But in facing our enemies, we must always keep a focus on who we are and what we should do. Failure to see these always leads to defeat. It's about our identity. We need to know who we are mm-hmm. as we walk in this world, yeah. regardless of whether it's 5 a.m. or as you're digging in a garden or right. moving that poor tree. I'm sure that tree was so happy when you moved. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes those enemies. Feel like they're your own children. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I love my children and I would not trade them for anything, but some days that's what it feels like. And sometimes it feels like your husband. And sometimes it feels like your best friend or your sister or your parents or Or you even know, yourself. Or even yourself. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes when I think about how we talk to ourselves or person I'll just speak for myself. It's the worst. That inner voice. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't think anyone could talk to me like I talk to myself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we need to be aware of that enemy. 
Mm-hmm. That's yeah. And the, what what Nehemiah did, he'd address it, but then he focused on building that wall, yeah. which was that identity, which was that way of being in the world as one of God's people. And so that's what we can do when we're in that place where we are facing enemies, even in our own head. Mm-hmm. We can turn to God, and we can turn and keep focused on Him and who we are in Him and how He wants us to look and how He wants mm-hmm. us to be. Well, Nehemiah's response to the um, the the enemies, the outside forces that are mocking and giving him a hard time. He says, the God of heaven will give us success. We are his servants. We will start rebuilding. But as for you, you have no share in Jerusalem or any claim or historic right to it. So he's just calling them out. Mm -hmm. Like, you can say what you want, but this is what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And he's going to work it out and he's going to give us success. Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing for you here. Right. You're I like not that. an yeah. Israelite. Yeah. You didn't build this. You're, this is not your heritage. That's right. you, you, we were talking about how Nehemiah had the blessing of the king. He brought his cavalry. Mm-hmm. So now how bold of Sambalat and mm-hmm. Tobiah and all those guys, mm-hmm. now they're coming against the king because that's, king, that's the king's cavalry. That's right. They were that mad and that willing mm-hmm. to create they problems. And they're coming those. against the king's governor too. Nehemiah yes. is the governor. That just occurred to me, yeah, yeah, as they're doing this. So you're like, right. This is they bold. are coming against him. Imagine how your anger just turns and you don't see what's real here. Mm-hmm. You don't see the real picture. You don't see what's really going on. Nehemiah isn't a governor of the king. Yeah. And they were willing to risk all of that to get back at him. There's a lot of anger there. There sure is. But he turns it back around. Yeah. By yeah. God. By God. Mm-hmm. This is God yeah. stuff. That's yeah. Right. yeah. And Nehemiah didn't even have to get into it. He'd address it. Deal with it. Turn back to God. Right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Great example. So mm-hmm. healthy. Yeah. Be nice if we could all yeah handle our stuff like that. Such a healthy man. Yeah. What a great example of leadership, mm-hmm. um, both large and small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Large That's and great. small. Well, we are about time or about finished um, time wise today. Um, does somebody want to pray us out? Sure. I would awesome. love to. Father, we just thank you again for this time that you've given us. We thank you, Father, for um, the opportunity to sort of sit around and contemplate, meditate on your word and on who you are. Father, we pray that this time will bring glory to you. Um, Terry was right. The biggest test of all is, is it glorifying to you? And so, Father, our heart's desire is that this time that we spend will be bring glory to your name. Mm. Father, we do pray for everybody that's listening that um, you'll stir in their hearts, that you'll woo them and draw them to yourself. We know that it's the goodness of God that draws people. And so, Father, we pray that our witness will be that you are a good God and that you are an awesome and mighty God. And we thank you, Father, that you've allowed us to be with um, Rosemary, and with you on this journey. Mm. We thank you and we praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> <laughs>